Well, good morning, Seven Mile Road. Uh, it is a privilege to be with you and to be opening the scriptures with you this morning as we start a new sermon series. We are diving into a series that we are calling Warmth in the Home. If you've been with us, you know that we've spent an extended season since we were plunged into this pandemic reality that we are living out together. And we've called the season we've been walking through Fire in the Closet. We've been aiming to cultivate Holy Spirit fire in our prayer closets. And the conviction is this, that if we are a group of people that are experiencing God in a real way in the secret places in our homes, that we will be a community that begin to experience warmth throughout the space where we live, that that fire cultivated in the secret place begins to pervade our homes and we experience a genuine warmth in the home. And so for the next seven weeks, we're going to be exploring what that looks like. Now, this is not just a word to those who are married with kids. This is a word to our whole community as we're going to be exploring how do you experience unity in the relationships closest to home? That may be with roommates, that may be with your family, uh, but what we're going to be exploring is how do we be a people that live into this? So we'll be talking about how to relate to our adult parents, how to continue to experience the blessings of unity in the relationships closest to home. We'll be examining how our screens are oftentimes the cause for, for warmth to flee our home and our closest relationships. And, and so it's going to start on Mother's Day, it's going to run through Father's Day, and over the next seven weeks we're going to... We're going to explore what it means to have warmth in our homes. Well, it's appropriate that we, we launch out on Mother's Day. That this, in our first uh, message in the series, we want to we explore the reality of motherhood. I hope that by the end of our moments together, opening the scriptures, that every one of you wants to call and tell your mom thank you. To be a blessing to your mom. Or it may be that if you're unable to call mom because she's no longer with you, that you want to get down on your knees and praise God for the role that she played in your life. And to the moms in our community, I hope that by the time we're done exploring the scriptures together, that you feel so encouraged and challenged in this glorious call on your life. You see, moms are superheroes. From the moment a mom becomes a mom, she is in charge of keeping track and counting how many wet diapers and meal times and medications and doctor's appointments and checkups. That There's actually medical research that was done in Spain and published in 2016. It had been a several-year study. Uh, it was published in Nature and Neuroscience. And what it said is this, that when a mom gives birth, a woman's brain chemistry changes significantly because there is a narrowed focus that actually can be mapped out in her brain channels and the neural pathways because now her life is being narrowed into being about the survival and the thriving of another human being. In essence, the definition of a superhero, a mom exists to tend to and care for and ensure the thriving of others. It's a Herculean effort at all times, but especially in the midst of headwinds, in the midst of mayhem. Motherhood in the midst of mayhem is a Herculean challenge. And so over these last couple of months, we know, moms, that this has been a heavy lift. And we want to, this morning, explore the scriptures and understand what does it look like to be encouraged and challenged and to cheered on into this great calling, especially in a season of significant challenge. And so in order to have the scripture speak into this moment, we're going to look at a passage from Exodus chapter 2 where we see a mom functioning in the midst of 
distress and challenge. A mom that's part of an oppressed people and is, who's laboring to understand how to uh, arrange herself for the survival and the thriving of her children, even in the midst of all of the headwinds. And as we study this text together, what we're going to see is this, that courageous creativity, courage and creativity are, are required because motherhood is so costly it's so challenging. Because motherhood presents all sorts of challenges that, that require sacrifice and cost, it requires moms to respond with courage and creativity. And so we want to explore that together and understand how we as a community can, can experience and live into that. So if you would, grab your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and permit me to remind you what the prophet Isaiah says about the scriptures. He says that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. This means this morning that we would be really wise to pay attention. Exodus 2, starting in verse 1, it says this, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived, and she bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes, and she daubed it with bitumen and pitch. But she put the child in, and she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank, and his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And while her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse this child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. You see, in this, in this text, we're introduced to a woman that is nameless in these chapters. In this chapter, though, later we understand her name to be Jochebed. Jochebed was Moses' mother who courageously and creatively protected and preserved the life of the one that was going to be the deliverer of Israel. And what I want us to explore is how she was a mother in the midst of the mayhem and brought this fruitful activity into such challenging times. What we know from the context in the chapter previous is that the Pharaoh had determined that all the male babies of the Hebrew women ought to be put to death. He had originally said that the midwives ought to put the children to death upon birth, but this was not happening. And so over, presumably over a few years, this, this did not take place. And so he changed his approach and intensified his approach and said it's open season. At the end of chapter one, he had said, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but let every daughter live. In essence, he was saying to all of the Egyptians, it is free reign to put Hebrew male children to death. Into this sort of headwind and challenge comes Jochebed, our mother who is fighting hard to raise up and to bless this child. 
Well, the first thing that we see about her is that she was an incredibly courageous woman. In verse 1 and 2, what we just read, it says this, that she was a Levite woman and when she conceived and bore a son, she saw that he was a fine child, so she hid him for three months. Can you imagine what this would have been like for Jochebed? Hiding this child for three months, each time he cried, running to him and trying to keep him quiet, nervous that the neighbors might hear, that someone passing by the home might hear, realizing that she and her whole family were thrust into a risky situation because of her devotion to this little boy. This was a courageous act. But as you examine this passage a little bit further, we also realize that it wasn't just Jochebed who was courageous. It was actually the courage of three different women converging on the life of Moses that preserved him. It was his biological mom, but it was also his adoptive mother, In verse 5 through 8, we read of this daughter of Pharaoh who came to bathe at the river. And she saw the basket. And when she had it brought to her, it says in verse 6, she opened it and she saw the child and the baby was crying and she took pity on him. Now this is Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh is the megalomaniac who is declaring that all of the, the male children ought to be put to death. And his daughter in this moment takes such courage to have pity on this child. She has courageous compassion. You see, it's the story of an adoptive mother, the story of a biological mother, all responding with great courage. And then incidentally, it's also the story of a little girl who had courage as well. In verse seven, it said, his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse this child for you? Now, Miriam was probably between the ages of six and 12 years old in this moment. And in this moment, she knows that her brother was just found out by the Pharaoh's daughter and that the law of the land would say that the Pharaoh's daughter ought to cast that baby back into the Nile to drown and die. But right in that moment, this little girl courageously says, shall I go get a Hebrew woman to nurse this baby for you? No doubt this little girl had seen the courage of her mother, Jochebed, in her own home, and it had already begun to soak down into her DNA. She too is outrageously courageous. You see, it was the courage of these three women all playing their motherly role as older sister, as biological mom, as adoptive mom that preserved the life of Moses. And the reality is this. We see it intensely displayed in this text, but it's true for all motherhood and all times. Motherhood is not for the faint of heart. Like, I want us just to recognize and realize that courage is standard issue for moms. It's required from the very outset. Even the thought of getting pregnant, those first moments when, when a woman is, has conceived and is beginning to prepare to have this child, it takes such courage. I remember early in my marriage, uh, we were not planning on getting pregnant. And Ashley, my wife, was convinced that we were pregnant. And so th- this kind of reached an emotional pitch over a couple of days while, where we were beginning to realize we think that we're going to have a baby And I remember one night late, Ashley, in a moment of honesty with tears streaming down her face, said, Jeremiah, my life is over. (laughs) And at first I was thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's not be so dramatic. Let's take a deep breath. Everything's going to be okay. This is earlier than planned, but we're going to be great. 
And we realized the, the next day that we weren't in fact pregnant, but that that moment continued to inform the way that we talked about parenthood as we moved forward. And I kind of thought for a long time, she's being overly dramatic. But when our first child finally came, I realized that Ashley understood the courage required for motherhood. It was the giving of her body, her time, her energy, her sleep patterns, what she thinks about, how she arranges her time, that in many ways, life as a woman knows it is over when she steps into motherhood. What's on the other side is beautiful, and we're going to explore that, but the recognition is that it is costly, and it requires tremendous courage. I was talking with a friend this week about uh, his journey in skydiving, which he's done multiple times over the years. He said, the first time I went skydiving, the scariest moment was when the doors opened on this plane were 14,000 feet up in the air. And my legs were dangling over the edge. And it was my decision and my decision alone that I've got to let go and to take this plunge. And he said, that was the moment where I needed courage in the most real way, because that was the moment where the fear was most intense. And every woman who takes the plunge into into parenthood. In many ways, it's like that. I don't know what awaits me, but I am going to take this step in faith. Mark Twain says this, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. Mom's courage is required. And that means not that fear is not present. It just means that you are willing to master that fear and to step into the challenge of parenting. I love that we have so many young women that have taken that beautiful plunge and done so courageously. But, but courage is not just required to start the journey, but to continue on the journey. Courage is required throughout the process to stand up when kids don't want to be instructed and disciplined, to stand up against culture that is going to say it is insane to continue to commend biblical principles to our children. And simultaneously, it takes courage not to become a helicopter mom that clings to and organizes every particular detail for our children, trying to hover and to protect our children, operating out of fear rather than courage. You see, courage is required at every stage. It's, it's required at every stage. And I just want you to hear, moms, what we see is this, that you are superheroes who have displayed courage 10,000 times over to tend to your children and to raise them up. Brothers and sisters, your mothers had to step out courageously time and time and time again to bring you to the place where now you are functioning as an adult. We need to pay attention and we need to have hearts of gratitude, cheering on our moms as they confront the fear that hovers all around parenting. And to our moms, I would say this, I would invite you to pay attention. Pay attention to the moments where you feel like your fear grows and where you want to grasp for control. Those are the moments where courage becomes slippery and where we need to be the sort of people that take heart and continue to confront our fear, to master it, and to step forward. Because the first thing that's required for fruitful motherhood for the sort of motherhood that produces generational fruit is courage in the face of the challenge. But that's not all. The second thing that we see Jochebed display is creativity. Creativity. Look back in verse 3 and 4 with me. It says this, When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket. The word is the exact same in Hebrew as the ark that Noah was in. The only two episodes in the whole of the Old Testament where that word is used. 
Noah was in an ark. Moses was in an ark. When she could hide him no longer, she took him in a, in a little ark that she made of bulrushes and she daubed it with bitumen and pitch and she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds. What we see is that this mother was ex- exercising tremendous creativity, facing unexpected challenges and who would have guessed that this would be the way she was going about trying to preserve her child. We see that Pharaoh's daughter also shows creativity. By verse 9, when she says, um, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you his wages, that she actually pays a Hebrew woman to nurse this baby for her. A creative solution as biological mom and adoptive mom are trying to figure out how to allow this child to thrive in the world. Some really creative solutions emerge. And what we realize is this, that being a mom is not science. It doesn't take place in a laboratory that has has been nicely sanitized. It doesn't have limited variables, and it doesn't have repeatable practices. Motherhood is not a science experiment. Motherhood is jazz. Motherhood is improvisation. I love the way this musical theorist writes about jazz. It says this, Musicians and critics agree that improvisation is the heart of jazz. Hear this. It says this. It happens when a player follows a moment of inspiration into unwritten territory. And he or she composes while playing. This is motherhood. The reality that we are constantly dealing with circumstances that we couldn't have foreseen. That we couldn't have had some limited, variable, perfect approach that we're going to be able to repeat time and again. That we have to be in the moment composing as we go. This beautiful music that folds in the mistakes and the missteps as part of the song that we are writing. We need to own up to the fact that things will never go as planned. There are at least three areas, moms, that require your creativity. I just want to highlight them briefly. One is in instruction. You know, here's, here's Jacobin placing Moses in the ark that's going to protect him. And that ark, Old Testament, becomes a picture of Christ for us, the way that God's people were delivered through difficult times. Noah's ark, Moses' ark, that ultimately ends up being fulfilled in Jesus himself. And when we consider a mom's creative instruction to place her children into the hands of Jesus, we want to be creative. I love, my sister-in-law loves to rap. She writes raps constantly, and they're always Jesus-themed, flowing out of her time and the Word. And they recently, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, came with their kids to visit us recently. And at bedtime, we were tucking all of the children in, and their middle son uh, said he wanted to rap for us. And he became one after another. This little boy began to flow. And what was coming out of him was God's truth. All about the nature of who God is and what Jesus has accomplished. Scriptural references, power down in this boy's soul because of the creativity of a mom that's meeting her kids where they are so that they might be instructed. Creativity is required for instruction. It's required for discipline. One size does not fit all with different children in different circumstances that we need to discipline with creativity. My wife, who is a wonderful mother, you know, that I get to watch up close, uh, she did this recently. She was coming out of school, picking up our kids a couple of months back, and one of my boys threw his backpack to her. She was holding a two-year-old, 
and her purse and a few other things. And he said, here, mom. And he turned around and started to walk off. And she said, come back, come back. I need your help. And he just kept walking and left her to down three flights of stairs, carry all this stuff. So when she got home, she said, okay, son, now I'd like you to hold your baby brother. And I want you to walk down to the end of the block 10 times back and forth. And at the end of that experience, he said, Mom, my arms ache and I'm exhausted. She said, yes, you understand what it is to be in someone else's shoes. I need you to consider others and to be helpful. Create, I think our neighbors were peeking through the blinds thinking that maybe we had lost it down at our house. But really what was happening is my wife was engaging in creative discipline, helping my son have a lesson that he wasn't soon to forget so that he would lean in and be helpful and thoughtful. You see, creativity is required for instruction. It's required for discipline. It's also, creative. it's also required for culture creation and fun. We want the sorts of homes that are marked by adventure. And so moms, be creative. Have dance parties. Let your kids uh, engage in new and fresh activities that are bringing and bonding the family together. We've done homemade Halloween costumes that my wife has done. I've seen my mother and my wife and other moms continue to engage in all sorts of creative activity that helps make a home. You see, we need courage. We need creativity if we're going to, to, to be the sorts of families and the sorts of mothers that are allowing our children to thrive. And I just want to see how these two are connected. When courage wanes, fear reigns. And when fear reigns, imaginative gridlock comes. When we're afraid, all of a sudden we want quick fixes. We want yes or no. We discipline like this. We instruct like this. You have to do this. And where fear reigns, creativity begins to to drizzle out of the system. But what God would call us to, what God would call you to, moms, is courage and creativity. And lastly, the question is this, why is that the case? Why are courage and creativity required? It's because motherhood is so costly. It's so costly. Would you look back at verse 10 with me? At the conclusion of this story, what we read is this, that when the child grew older, Jochebed, the biological mother, brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, the adoptive mother. And he became her son. And she, being the adoptive mother, named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, as we engage our creative imagination, our, our, our Christian imagination as we read a text like this, can you imagine with me what it was like for Jochebed to nurse this child? Uh, culturally, it probably would have been three or four years that she was nursing her son that he would have lived in her home and been a part of her family structure. And at the end of that time, this youngest of three children, Miriam and Aaron, already growing up in this home, part of this family, she had to go and hand this child over to Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter is the one that named him. I have to believe that in those years where Jochebed was nursing him through the night and tending to him, that she had a name for him. She had to be calling him something speaking tenderly to him, but that wasn't his name. His name ended up being Moses, given by another woman. And this is a little snapshot of the true cost of motherhood. We see it in a really profound and intense way. That Jochebed had to lay everything out for the good of this child. It cost her so, it is so sacrificial. It cost her really deeply. And this is a bedrock truth for all moms. Parenting will gut you emotionally. That's what you're stepping into. It's a series of little things. It's the first day of kindergarten. 
It's middle school and high school when some otherworldly force begins to indwell your children and make them lose their minds. It's when they start to recover their minds just in time for you to send them out into the world and all of a sudden you're, you're releasing them from your home and there's all of these thoughts and you're replaying the tape in your mind and what we realize is that it's just emotionally gut-wrenching that we raise children to release children and that is painful. It requires sacrifice. So many of the moments that mom invests in, no one ever sees, no one ever says thank you for because they didn't even realize how much had been invested. It's so sacrificial. We realize that motherhood is really costly. And so when the cost is high and the energy is depleted and you feel like fear is reigning and courageous activity is receding and you feel like there's imaginative gridlock, moms, I understand there's just so many moments that feel like that. What do you do in those moments? I have wonderful, good news for you. The invitation is to set our eyes on Jesus, to have your identity and your roots go down below your motherhood into something deeper and truer that's unchangeable. That if your identity is purely and only motherhood, that this will be a very devastating way to make sense of your value day to day because some days it just is overwhelming. But if, if our roots go even deeper below that into Jesus himself, what we begin to realize is this, he is the courageous one. The one who was perched in heaven in all of his glory with his feet dangling over and he let go. He took the plunge down into incarnation, taking on flesh. And then he walked so creatively through life. Picking up vines and teaching as he went. Teaching about farmers and seed and paying attention to the world. He was so creative and fun in the way that he engaged with those around him. But then ultimately he did not sidestep the cost. The cost to help his children live and thrive. You see, it costs everything. Motherhood is so Christ-like because it requires someone to lay their life down so that another could live. And this is what Jesus has done for you. When you revel in that and you receive that and you set your gaze on that, you begin to be empowered to walk like him in courageous creativity, not shying away from the cost, but leaning in. And this is ultimately what we see from Jochebed. She gets one reference in the New Testament, Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, by trusting in the character of God, Moses' parents hid him for three months. This was an act of trust in the character of God. This sort of courage and creativity emerges from one place ultimately. Knowing that God is holding you. That your identity is secure in Him. That He has been courageous and creative in the way that He has paid the ultimate price to lay His life down for your sin and for your weakness. Moms, we love you. We cherish you. We cheer you on as we encourage you to step into the space of setting your gaze on Jesus and being courageously creative as you deal with the cost of motherhood. Amen and amen. Let me pray for us. So gracious God and Father, um, we are here because you have loved us and because you have loved us through human means. We have all been brought into the world by a mother 
and we have had different experiences with our mothers, but we, we thank you, God, that no matter our experience, that it was the courage of a woman that was willing to lay her life down to bring us life. I pray that you flood our hearts with gratitude for our moms, that you would tend to those who miss their mom today, that you would be near to them, flooding their heart with gratitude to you. And God, I pray that every mom in our community right now would feel the strength of the gospel down in her bones to all over again receive your love and your forgiveness so that she can step out in a way that looks more and more like Jesus this week in courage and in creativity, not shying away from the cost, but paying it for your glory and for the good of her little ones. We bless you and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do, God. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.